Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. Sometimes people wonder why I, on this program, challenge the doctrines and practices of many different people who claim to be believers, different churches. Well, uh, I thought we'd look at Ezekiel 3, verse 18 for an explanation as to why. We see the same thing in Acts chapter 20, verse 31. Ezekiel 3.18 says, When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. So it's, it's the job, the duty of any gospel preacher to warn people if they're not following the right way. If people are not continuing in the word of Jesus, John 8.31, then they're not a true disciple. And the truth is not going to set them free from sin, John 8, 32. So I think it should, you should understand completely why this program uh, many times deals with warning folks who are not following the right way. They may claim to be Christians, may claim to be believers in Christ, but if they allow gay marriage, for example, women preachers teach salvation by faith only, uh, then they're not following God's word. And so we have to warn them. James 2.24 says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So we see that salvation is not by faith only. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse, chapter 14, verse 34 and 35 says, it's a shame for women to speak in the church. So we can see that women ought not be preaching in the church. And we can see from passages like Romans 1, 26 and 27, that homosexuality is a sin. Yet many people claiming to be Christians, churches, Say it's okay. They completely disregard the Bible. You know, if you, if you want to play baseball, you have to follow the baseball rule book. If you're not following the baseball rule book, you're not really playing baseball. The rule book for Christianity is the Bible. And so if somebody's not following the Bible, they may claim to be practicing Christianity, but they're not really practicing Christianity, are they? If they're not following the rule book for Christianity. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open, 877-655-6755. The number to call is 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. Tonight, while we're waiting on our first call, I thought we'd talk about forgiveness. To start with, start with let's point out that sin and the resulting separation from God is the problem. That's the most important problem that man has. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has this problem of sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So everybody has sins and the wages of sin is death, spiritual death. You know, when our grandmother sends us a little birthday check when we're growing up, that's a gift. We don't have to work for that. Uh, we didn't. We don't have to earn that. But wages, that's what you earn at your job. When you get paid at your job, it's not a gift. It's something you earn. I think the contrast here in Romans 6, verse 23, is the spiritual death is what we earn with our sin. It's wages. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ and his death, that's a gift. We can't earn that. 
But anyway, everybody has sinned. Everybody has the same problem. The result of that, the wages of sin is death. That's the problem that God's forgiveness solves. Brent from Washington, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, how's it going? Just a quick question about salvation. So once saved, always saved. I don't know what camp you're in. Um, when you, you know, accept the Lord into your heart, say, I believe that you exist and I believe you died on the cross for me. Are you saved at that moment? And then you're just kind of struggling to keep the rules the rest of the time, or I'm not quite sure how that works. For example, there's a number of passages that tell what to do, Brent, a person, what a person has to do to become a Christian. Very simply, Jesus puts it in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And then Ananias told Saul to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So when a person believes and repents, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. A believer repents of his sins and is baptized. He does get saved from his sins at that point, Brent. But once saved, always saved is not true. So he has to remain faithful unto death to receive the crown of life, according to passages like Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Galatians 5.4, Paul was talking about some people who were trying to bind parts of the Old Testament law. He says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Brent, when you were growing up, did you ever climb a tree? Oh, sure. Did you ever fall from a tree? Yeah, no, unfortunately, no. <laughs> well, your wife probably thinks you did, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, anyway. I, see, I call what you're saying in and out Christianity. One weekend you're good and you're in, the next weekend you're bad and you're out. Um, I'm really hoping that once saved, always saved. And, you know, whether you sin a million times from that point or one time from that point, you're still saved. You're always working on it. That's that's what I believe. So I don't I don't know if that's Galatians 5, 4, if you can't fall from a tree, Brent, unless you're in the tree, this says you're fallen from grace. So here's some people that were in grace. They were saved and then they fell from grace. They lost their salvation. I mean, that's pretty well, clear, isn't it, Brent? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure you can lose your salvation. I mean, isn't but, there like but that's the what that verse just but, but that's what that verse just said. You, a person Be, fell from grace. So that means they were yeah, in so grace, they were saved. what would you to do to fall from grace? I mean, if, if that's the case, then not too many people are going to be in heaven because, you know, I know many, many Christians who are cheating and and doing this and doing that, and they are Christians, but... You know, if they're going to now suddenly be crossed off the list, then I don't know how many people are going to actually make it. Well, so in Galatians 5, 4, you ask what you have to do. Paul said in Galatians 5, 4, if you attempt to be justified by the law, talking about the Old Testament law, you are fallen from grace. So he tells us exactly what a person would have to do to fall from grace if he tried to be justified by the Old Testament law. Brent, let me read you another passage. Jesus is speaking in... uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and he says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father, before his angels. You mentioned the phraseology crossed off the list. That, That reminded me of this verse. Here Jesus is saying, if you overcome, meaning overcome temptation and or persecution, then Jesus will not blot your name out of the book of life. What's the book of life, Brent? What is that? Yeah, once you're in the book of life, you're in the book of life. You don't get okay, crossed is the, out of the book of life. But All right, but I don't know. 
love you, Brent, but you're not really paying attention to what the Bible says. This verse says you can be blotted out of the book of life. That's why I read it. Did you did you not hear? I guess you probably didn't yeah. hear what I read. Well, it says if you overcome, <laughs> your your name will not be blotted out of the book of life, which would imply that if you don't overcome, your name will be blotted out of the book of life. And, of course, the book of life yeah. is the list of the names of all the saved people. Your name's in the book of life. That means it can only get there if you were saved. Now it says if you don't right. overcome, it says your name will be blotted out. I mean, look at Revelation 3, 5 for yourself, Brent. I, I, I'm not... I'm not writing this stuff. This is what God said. So what, says, what do you if, think? What do you think that means to be blotted out? You think if you had a bad weekend, you might get blotted out, or if you had two weeks in a row, you might get blotted out. What being blotted, blotted out means out? that you're not it. blotted out of the book of life. Obviously, Brent, Brent means you're not saved anymore because the book of life is the list of the names of all the saved people. So if you're in the book of life, you're saved. And if you're blotted out, you're no longer saved. So this verse. Galatians 5, 4, and dozens and dozens of other passages, these verses prove conclusively, Brent, that once saved, always saved is false. It's just wishful thinking. You must be thinking. talking about people that were never saved to begin with. I can buy that. But if well, you were Revelation, saved to begin with, there's no going back and forth. I, I, now I'm blotted out. Now I'm back in. Now I'm blotted out. Now I'm back in. That, but Brent, that, this, this verse that, considers people right. who were blotted out of the book of life. That means they were in the book of life to begin with, and then they got blotted out. Galatians 5.4 talks about people being fallen from grace. That means they were in grace to start with, and then they fell out of grace. So so both passages make it clear. We're talking about people who are Christians to begin with. They were in grace. They were in the book of life. But then they fell from grace. They were blotted out of the book of life. That means they were saved to begin with, Brent, and then they lost their salvation. Yeah, well, that, Brent, that would take every Billy Graham concert and crusade that he had in his life then you just throw that out the window because that's that's not you know he used to call those people forward and said if you just invited the lord into your heart you're saved and there's nothing any nobody can ever take you out of the book of life and you are saved and you know you're in i mean so i i don't know i don't know what you're teaching there but i think i'll go back to to what uh what sounds better to me all right thank you brent for your call so this is typical of what people want to do. Brent's going to believe what sounds good to him. He just admitted that. He said, I'm going to go back to what sounds good to me. He do, he doesn't really, and I don't mean any disrespect, but he didn't really pay attention to what the verses say. In other words, and that's the way most people's religion are. Religion is. They don't really care what God says. Their religion, their Christianity is what they want it to be. They want once saved, always saved to be, to be true. It's wishful thinking. So to them, it's true because they want it to be true. It doesn't matter that on practically every page of the Bible, the Bible conclusively says that once saved, always saved is false. People don't care. They don't really care what God says. Here's what God, how God defines Christianity. He says, gay marriage is wrong. Women preachers are wrong. Baptism is the immersion of believers. They don't care <laughs> what the Bible says. They're going to go ahead and practice what they want to. They they want it to be true that once saved, always saved is true because they want it to be true that once they become a Christian, they can live any old way they want to and still be saved. So since they want it to be that way, that's what they're going to believe, regardless of what the Bible says. Cameron from Florida, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, sir. I just wanted to comment on the uh, current topic, the way that you are kind of making it sound like is that your salvation is will be based on your works on earth 
Well, I mean, I read those verses. Work-based salvation. What was it? Me that made it instead of the free gift of grace through faith. Cameron, was it? Yes, sir. All I did was read two verses. Was it me that made it sound like that, or was it God that made it sound like that? Since I just read two verses. Would you read? Yes, sir. Would you kindly read the verses again? Well, okay, I'll read. Okay, I will. Here's Revelation three five. Jesus speaking says, "He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels." So, I mean, I didn't write that. That 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 says basically, if you don't overcome temptation, your name will be blotted out. So that's not what that says to me, though. It's just saying to me, and I, I I trust that the Spirit is saying to me that you should lean into me to overcome the sin and temptation in this world. Lean to me because in your own strength, you can't do it. And the way it's coming off to me is that you're telling people that you need to be a perfect Christian in order to maintain your salvation in Jesus Christ. Whereas but Cameron, I'm, I'm not justifying living however you want to live, but you're but making Cameron, it sound like you have to do all these works to earn your way into heaven. But Cameron, you said this this is how the verse reads to you, and then you just said something that had nothing whatever to do with the verse. The verse says, he that overcometh, that's the person I will not blot my name, his name out of the book of life, which would imply that if you don't overcome, he will blot your name out. And Galatians 5, overcome, 4 says if it, you had... Overcome is what exactly? Can you give a little well, more context into what t- you're... Temptation, persecution. Temptation, persecution. But the verse says, he that overcometh, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. Which, that that says this. It's not a matter of how you or I read it. This is how G, what God said. And God says that if you overcome, he will not blot your name out of the book of life. Which implies that if you don't overcome temptation, persecution, your name will be blotted out of the book of life. That means here's a person that's saved. He's not going to be in the book of life unless he's saved to begin with. But his name gets blotted out because he doesn't overcome temptation. That means he lost his salvation. Same way with Galatians chapter 5 verse 4. Here's a person that attempts to be justified by the old law. It says, ye are fallen from grace. Well, that's obviously a Christian or else he wouldn't have been in grace. And now he's fallen from grace. He lost his salvation. There's no doubt about it. I didn't say that. God said it. James 5, 19 and 20 says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, shall hide a multitude of sins. That's talking about brethren. And what does it mean to be saved by grace? If you have to maintain a perfect Christian walk. Without sin for the rest of your life, what does it mean to be saved by grace if that's, if that's true? You want me to explain it to you? Here's what it means to be saved uh, by yes, grace. Sir, I'd like to. When, when you sin and then you repent, just like David, God forgives you. That's being saved by grace. David committed adultery with Bathsheba, had her husband killed. Nathan, God's prophet, confronted David. David repented of that sin and he was forgiven. So he was saved by grace. But before he repented, he wasn't in a saved relationship with God because he was unforgiven before he repented. So he was in a lost well, how state. Long did it, so, how long did it take David to confess that sin to God? How long did he live with that before I don't know. he gave it to God and was forgiven by that sin? It was over a year when Nathan the prophet came to him and called him out. I don't know. I don't know. But he the, lived with it, and he wrote, fact, he wrote in the Psalms about how it caused him such anguish to live with this hidden sin, but he did live mm-hmm. with it. And he sinned in his life, and he walked and fell from grace like you're talking about. 
but he's still man after God's own heart, and he still sinned in his lifetime. Uh-huh. And so when we know that David, when he was in that sin before he repented, before he got forgiveness, he wasn't forgiven, which means he wasn't in a right relationship with God. First John 1, 9, talking about Christians, says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means for a Christian, and the same thing would have applied to David until he repented, until he confessed, he wasn't forgiven. So just because he was, just because David was saved at one point in his life doesn't mean that he was just automatically forgiven. No, he wasn't forgiven until he repented. That's what we see from 2 Samuel 12. That's what we see in the New Testament from 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. You don't get for, a Christian's not forgiven of his sins until he confesses well, them. So if, if he refuses okay, if, to if, confess them, if he refuses yes, sir, to confess them, that means he's not forgiven. And if you confess your sins, sir. Go ahead, listen. Excuse me, I lost my train of thought. After you confess your sins, excuse me, sir, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought where I was at. So, so in James 5, 19 and 20, it talks about a brother who's wandered from the truth. That, that means he was in the truth, he was a brother in Christ, he left the truth. It says your job as a Christian is to try to convert him back. If you convert him back, you save his soul from death. James five nineteen and twenty, which implies that he, ref- if he refuses to be converted back, this is a brother in Christ. He's wandered from the truth. He refuses to be converted back. That implies his soul will die. He'll be lost. So, basically, I make this. I'm gonna make this challenge, Cameron, tongue in cheek. You pick any random yes, page sir. in your Bible, and I'll find at least one verse on that page that conclusively proves once saved, always saved is false. What I'm saying is I believe the Bible teaches at least a thousand times once saved, always saved is false, and it never, not one time, teaches once saved, always saved is true. Not one time, and I believe there's at least a thousand verses. The challenge challenge would then be for instant perfection and not a walk with Christ where you allow him those space in your life to help change you from being a sinner into walking righteously. No, It sounds like you need to be instantly perfect, whereas whereas I, I have areas of sin in my life that I'm have that I give to God on a daily basis, but I still struggle with certain sins in my life. And David, I don't want David. to I don't want to have to wrestle thinking that one day I'm saved and one day I'm one day I'm not because Okay, I'm so so Cameron what you're saying I think so Cameron what you're admitting is that you believe this doctrine because it's what you want to believe. You just said it. You said I don't want this. You don't want this. So you decide that well, you're no, gonna believe saved always because you said that you wanted that way. Now think about David. Did David was forgiven by the grace of God in the saved relationship with God? Is it because he lived perfectly? Is it because he lived perfectly? No, no that's right. No, so, so you don't have to live perfectly to be saved, but you do have to repent of your sins. David had to repent of his sin with Bathsheba, or he would not have been forgiven. And that's what we read. The same thing was true in the New Testament, First John chapter one verse nine. Like I said, there are dozens and dozens of passages that prove once saved, always saved is false. So why would anybody believe it except for it's wishful thinking? Like you say, said, Cameron, you want this to be a certain way. You said, I don't want to believe that. You don't want well, it sir, to be I true. Want my, I want my understanding to align with what the Holy Spirit is telling me and what the Scripture of God is telling me, but I don't quite understand it in the way that you are interpreting the, the Scripture to, to make it sound like you can be written in the book of life and then blotted out the next day. Like, it's, you know, I don't think God's up there with his eraser, but I, don't, I guess I just have uh, 
interpreted what is it that, in a different well, way. Cameron, what does that verse I, mean? I kind of agreed a lot with the last caller. Cameron, what does it mean in Revelation 3, 5, where Jesus says, he that overcometh, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. What what well, that I, mean? I what does that That's mean? One verse. I don't have the context on that one verse. I don't understand. Okay. Well, thank you, you, you for your call, You say that Cameron. it means that your name can, in fact, be blotted out. That's what you're saying, well, that's, right? That, well, I, I'm not saying that. God said that. God's the one that says your name can be blotted out right there in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. It's, 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 here's what it is. If you love God and you trust God, then you're going to be willing to accept what he says on once saved, always saved, or any other Bible topic, no matter what you want the truth to be. So instead of saying, I don't want this to be true, so therefore I'm not going to believe it, how about trust and love God enough to accept what he says? Isn't that, wouldn't that be fair? Didn't Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life? So what if a person is not faithful unto death? That would imply he's not going to receive the crown of life, right? How about let's accept what the Bible says because God said it instead of wishful thinking. We were talking about sin and the wages of sin. That's the problem. Forgiveness is God's answer to that problem. Doug from Idaho, go with you, go ahead with your question or comment, please. Um, yeah, no, I just I just wanted to get your opinion on what you believe according to what the Bible says. I know what I believe. I know what the Bible says. Um, even though I just came out of the car, but I just raced upstairs to give you a quick call. But I wanted to get your opinion on what you think uh, regarding whether the earth rotates around the sun or whether the sun rotates around the earth according to what the Bible teaches. I, I, I don't, the Bible, I know, don't know of any place where the Bible teaches that the sun goes around the earth. Oh, then you haven't been, you haven't been reading it very well then. Okay, maybe, maybe I hadn't. Thank you for your call, Doug. Well, no, because if you go to Joshua where it talks about where they stopped, where he stopped the sun from moving for almost a full day, it never happened before and it never had happened since, according, you know, when, when the time when that was written. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's multiple places where it talks about the sun rotating around. Yeah, You started off the show with John 2.8, I believe it was, saying that if you don't I, set a brother right in his ways, yeah, hold on, I'm not done. If you don't set a brother no, right in his ways, then it's the blood on your hands. And so that's why I called, because I don't want the blood yeah, on my hands. Yeah, thank you for I, your call. I, I, I still don't know of a place. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you going to run from that question? No, I because just I said could, I, I, don't, could, I, could, I, I could quote many places in the Bible where it talks about the sun going around and running its race. Yeah, I hadn't seen one. <laughs> you need to study. I, I, I challenge you on that personally, just me to you. I challenge you on okay. that to, after this show okay, to what? go and to research it, and you will find many, many Why don't you send me up and down? Send me those verses. I will. Send me those I verses. Will. Give me a Bible cross address. I'll send it to you. Pat Donahue at okay. bellsouth.net. Send me those verses. Craig from Wisconsin, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Well, my comment is I, I agree with you. I mean, whatever state you happen to be in, when you die is where you are. So either you're saved or you aren't. I mean, that's up to you. I mean, in the Bible, I think in Matthew somewhere says, be perfect. So no, you can be perfect. I mean, that is, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jesus was the example. He was the stone of the the cornerstone. And it says like, be perfect. Also be perfect. It's not that hard. I mean, there's my statement. You know, so I, what, so don't, I, I mean, 
go, you, once you're saved, it's not like a stamp, you're done. No, you can fall out of grace. It's all up to you. That's it. I mean, that's what salvation is about. It's about what you do. I mean, God paved the way, Jesus paved the way, and now it's up to you. It devolves in your court. Either stay saved or don't. Yeah, even in the Old Testament, a person could fall from grace. Here's Ezekiel 18, 24. It says, but when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. And his trespass that he hath trespassed and his sin that he hath sinned, in them shall he die. So here's a righteous man, obviously forgiven at one point or else he wouldn't be righteous. He turns from living his righteous life and starts doing according to the abominations of the wicked. The question is, will he live or die? And it says he will die. Thank you for your call, Craig. We're going to have to go off the air. Okay. Thank you. If you, if you have a Bible, if you want to have a free one hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience, call or text me at 256-682-9753.